You are listening to Your Word on the Way. We trust the Word of God to encourage you, comfort you, and even challenge you as you grow in your walk with the Lord. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and podcast. Thanks again for joining us for Your Word on the Way. Why, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this fine day. Um, At the time of recording, we are on day 17 of our 21-day fast. Um, it It has been amazing so far. I trust that you've joined us. If you haven't, you still have time but you should have joined us earlier. (laughs) But come on and join us. Um, Today we're going to be talking about hindrances to healing or deliverance in the New Testament and what that means for us. Hindrances to healing or deliverance in the New Testament and what that means for us. I'm going to get right into it because, again, those of us, those of you who are our regular listeners, you know, I'm not wonderful at introductions. One day I will be like, you'll just be blown away. But I wanted to address some of the, um, some of the key scriptures that people, um, that people either use to speak against healing or that people are truly, um, uh, I don't want to say troubled by, but their faith is hindered because of their understanding or lack of understanding, um, in the word. And so I want to be able to share with you today, some of those scriptures, I might have to break this into two parts. And so bear with me, but we're going to do our best to get through as much as we can. And I know that after you listen to these, um, these episodes about the hindrances to healing or deliverance in the new Testament and what that means for us. I know that you're going to be blessed. I know that your faith is going to be increased and I know that you're going to see better results when you pray because of your understanding of the word of God. It's the word of God that doesn't return void. It's the word of God that God watches over in order to perform. And so we've got to have a right understanding of the word according to the context in which it was written in. Um, and, uh, you know, the interpretation of the words that were used as well. And I just want to help you. I pray that this is a help to you. I know it's a help to me, man. It was blessing me just as the, the spirit of God, um, was showing it to me. It was blessing my socks off. And that never happens because I always wear my socks. So number one, Um, let's go to, I don't know why I have numbers on these. I don't know if that's going to help anybody. Mark six verses one through six. The, well, I guess the first instance is where Jesus didn't do many mighty miracles. So that's the first instance. One of the instances in the new Testament, Jesus could not do many mighty miracles. Mark chapter six, verses one through six, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended 
and refused to believe in him. Verse four, then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hand, sorry, place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Here we are. And this shows us the exact reason why Jesus could not do many mighty miracles. Well, it says he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Um, I have in my notes here, and I must have heard it from probably Jonathan, or maybe I wrote it just as my note. I'm not sure. It says, where doubt is present, lay hands. Uh, that's Hey, who knows? Sounds good. But here we see there's a hindrance to the miracle working power of God. Is it because God did not will to heal those people? No, we see the why. Why could Jesus not do mighty miracles except to lay his hands on a few people and see them healed? What was the why? The why was because of their lack of belief. It says, and because of their unbelief. Now, I understand sometimes we have to read the word and we have to kind of make some assumptions. Um, well, not, you don't have to, but I know that there are some times that we read the word. We have, we tend to make some assumptions. You don't need to make any assumption about the why here. It says because of their unbelief. And earlier, just a few sentences before that, here are people saying, where did Jesus get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? They also scoffed. He's just a carpenter. He's the son of Mary. He's the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. So they are, and, and then it says, they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. You know, the Bible says no, no, like K-N-O-W, no, and then no, N-O, no, no man after the flesh. The Bible says that there was nothing to attract us to Jesus. The Bible also says that we should not, um, we, we, uh, faith is believing in the unseen. Like we live by faith, not by sight. And so these people, they were living by sight. And so they refused to believe in Jesus because they were living by their sight. And, you know, that was their problem. That was their issue. They refused. They hardened their heart against Jesus. They refused to believe in him. And that was the problem. That is why Jesus couldn't do many miracles there. It wasn't because of any reason other than the lack of belief or their unbelief. Verse six says, Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. I would rather be, I would rather Jesus be amazed by my faith than amazed by my unbelief. So that is one of the instances in the New Testament where Jesus couldn't um, do many miracles. This is one instance. The because, the reason, is because of their unbelief. Well, how do we fix unbelief? We know faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is unseen, or for what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. 
We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith is not seen. Faith is not initially tangible. However, when you believe that you have received something, you will have it. When you believe that you have received something, you will have it. I know that sounds uh, contradictory, but that is the order of faith. Faith comes first, believing I have it already. And then comes the seeing. Then comes the having. So if I believe that I have it already, I will have it. If I believe God's word, his word brings things from the intangible to the tangible. Well, my belief in his word brings things from the intangible to the tangible. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. Uh, Let's move on to our next point. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. Now you'll see what this passage is talking about. You'll recognize it. And we're going to talk about this as well. Again, this is hindrances to healing or deliverance in the New Testament and what it means for us. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 says this, at the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them, meaning Jesus. And I think it was um, Peter and James and John. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Notice his wording. They couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible for you. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 10. Verse one, Jesus called his disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. He gave them authority to cast out evil spirits. He gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and illness. But in chapter 17, verse 19 Why couldn't we cast out that demon? So there becomes a question. Even the man, the the father of the son says, your disciples couldn't do it. Well, that's not exactly true. Jesus gave authority to the disciples to cast out evil spirits. And Jesus didn't come around the corner and say, oh yeah, this kind we can't we can't fix. There is a kind that we can't fix. No, he said in other, other gospels, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. What ends up happening is Jesus says, you don't have enough faith. 
you didn't believe. What was the problem with the previous um, passage that we read? He could do no miracles there except lay his hands on a few people and see them healed because of their lack of belief, because of their unbelief. And here again, we see Jesus saying, you couldn't handle that because you have little faith. You have too little faith. Another gospel says this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. So we know that the level, there is a level of faith or, you know, walking by faith. There is a level of belief that can only be um, really experienced through pressing in in prayer and fasting, through, um, you know, denying our flesh, denying the sight of a thing and knowing things by knowing them in the unseen realm, knowing things by knowing them by believing God's word. There is something uh, to be said about the fact that this demon could not be cast out by the disciples, even though they were given the authority to do it. It's not that they did not have the authority. It's they couldn't because they didn't believe. And I know that there's types of sicknesses, there's types of mental illnesses that we can look at and we can say, well, um, this kind, I just don't, I don't think it works for this. And who knows if that was um, in, in the disciples' minds, because Jesus said, you don't believe. That's the problem. And uh, who knows if that's what their thought was. And in modern day, there's stuff that we look at and we go, well, this, you really should see a doctor for that. Um, and really nothing against doctors. Um, certainly if it wasn't for doctors, there'd be tons of Christians dead. And so we, I have nothing against doctors at all, but we can't, we have to listen, God is able. He really is. And so we can take him at his word for every illness, for every sickness, for every disease, for every type of demonic oppression. There is not one thing that is impossible for God. There is not one thing that your faith doesn't work for. There's not one thing that the word of God doesn't handle. Um, Believing in the word of God. There's not one thing that believing in the word of God can't handle. If you would put your faith and your trust and your hope in God, in God alone, he will take care of it. There is not, it says, Jesus said, nothing would be impossible. Nothing. What does, do you know what nothing means in the Greek? Nothing. I don't know. Jesus didn't say this kind we can't fix. This kind we can't handle. No, when there was, when there was, uh, you know, a hindrance, to deliverance in this instance, Jesus said, the problem is your faith. The problem is your level of belief. Um, he didn't say, oh, this one, uh, we, we just can't handle. And so when there's a problem, when there is an issue, when there is a time that it seems as though the healing of God or the deliverance of God didn't work, we don't look to God and say, God, what, what happened? Um, like we don't blame God or we don't make a theology out of it and say, well, God just can't do that. No, you don't read, rewrite the Bible because of your lack of faith. And I don't mean to be harsh and I, I can, I'm speaking this to myself. We don't rewrite the word of God because of our experience. We let our experience be rewritten by the word of God. Allow the word of God to do something into you, in you today. Believe what God says and see what he will do. Believe the word of God. 
a lot of us would walk away from that situation and wonder, does God work also for people who are suffering for seizures, from seizures, for, for people who are suffering terribly, for people that, man, this has happened from birth. Yes, God still works for that. It's not God who needs to be questioned in any of these things. What we see in both instances is that there was a lack of belief. Jesus could have corrected us and said, um, you know what? You know what, guys? God doesn't work for everything. There's some things that God just can't do. No, instead he came and he fixed the problem. And this is where we're at today. Imagine that we're the disciples and we have the authority. Well, I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a disciple. Imagine you're one of the disciples. You have the authority. You have the power. But you pray for someone and they're not healed. Well, in this instance in scripture, Jesus came came behind the situation and he fixed, he cleaned up the mess. He took care of it. Jesus is not walking the earth right now. You know who we have? We have us. Holy Spirit empowered believers. And so Jesus isn't walking on earth to come and clean up our mess when we don't quite believe the way that we should. And that's why we see a difference now compared to then is when the disciples couldn't quite do a thing. uh, We see here that Jesus sets the record straight. Thank God for his, uh, thank God for his involvement in this instance in the Bible so that we can see what happened. Um, But he's not walking on this earth with hands and feet, except for through you and me. And that's why it's important to be taking part in this time of prayer and fasting, because Jesus said in another gospel, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. You can only operate in this level of believing God if you put your flesh to death. And so there is a level that you can operate in, in God, that you can't unless you've put your flesh to death, unless you've spent time in prayer with God, unless you've seen what the Father can do in your prayer time. I don't want to belabor this, but this is important for us to know that the results, if you aren't seeing the results, it's not because God doesn't heal. It's not because God doesn't deliver. It's not because this kind, I love that those words are used in the Bible. It's not because this kind is a special case. Even in times where this seemed like it was a special case, Jesus said, I'm telling you, God works even with this. Even with this, nothing would be impossible for you if you would believe God with your heart and if you would say and confess out of your mouth um, these particular things. God still works. He still works today. He's still true to his word. Um, He's still good. I'm going to do one more point and then um, I'm probably going to break it so that we can make this a two-part series. Um, Mark chapter 8. Verses 22 through 25. Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. It says this, When they, meaning Jesus and his disciples, arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and healed him and heal him. 
Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid hands on him and said, and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Sorry, I got a text message and I got, um, I got, uh, distracted. Where am I? I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. Some, it seems like there's some strange things in that verse. And what I've read about this is that the people of Bethsaida had hardened hearts, meaning Jesus did miracles there, and yet they had still hardened their hearts against God. And um, this was one of the cities in which Jesus said, you know, it's better, it's going to be better for, you know, I think it's like Tear and Sidon or something like that than it is for, for this city. Um, when judgment day comes because of, wow, how much they harden their hearts. And so this is a place filled with people who have unbelief. This is a place where Jesus has done miracles and people are hardening, hardening their hearts, um, against the work of God. And so this is the place in which this happens. So we see that there is a blind man who Jesus prays for. And the first time he prays for them, he only sees trees or he only sees men walking around like trees. They look like trees walking around. Um, the second time he prays, he's healed. And then he says to the man, uh, don't go back into the village. Notice in verse 23 that Jesus leads him out of the village. And one of the commentators that commentator, yeah, sure. Um, that I read about this, Andrew Womack says that Bethsaida was likely a place, you know, because of the, the scripture that I, um, said to you that they are operating in hardness of heart. Um, there is a, there is unbelief, even though Jesus has done miracles there. And so Jesus leads this man out of the city and you can see in several different instances in scripture. The first one that we talked about, um, is that Jesus couldn't do mighty miracles because of their lack of belief. Um, we see that when, when Jesus was going to um, raise up the girl who had died, that he said, she's only sleeping and people laughed. And so he sent those people out of the house. And only, I think only him and his parents, I think were able to stay and maybe a disciple. I, I can't, or his disciples. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but we see that Jesus sends out doubters um, when he is trying to do a miracle at some some stages of his ministry. And so Andrew Womack says, you know, this, he was likely led out of the village because there was unbelief there. And it's possible that this took two times of praying because of the unbelief. And then Jesus says, don't go back into the village. Why? Because, you know, if, if you go back to doubters, it's possible that you can lose your healing. Now that's, uh, what Andrew Womack says. I, I don't know about, I mean, obviously I, I can agree with that. No problem. Um, when I looked up 
verse 24 that says, the man looked around. Yes, he said, I can see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. So when you look up the the word that says the man looked around, um, it also says the man looked up. And that word for looked, that word can mean a physical sense or it can mean a figurative sense or a spiritual sense. Now, I don't know for sure, but wouldn't it be amazing if this man saw before he saw? Meaning, maybe this man was blind and Jesus laid hands on him and he said, can you see? And maybe this man Now, I know I'm reading into it, but, you know, it's a possibility. Maybe this man saw, you know, he believed he received before he received it. So maybe he saw spiritually. Yeah, I see see people walking around like trees. Um, Or, yeah, they look like trees walking around. I I can see people, but I don't see them clearly. They look like trees walking around. I'm just curious, you know, it could, it could be an interesting thought, but regardless, um, this is outside of a village that has unbelief. And this is, I believe the only time that we see Jesus pray for somebody twice and he gives him a warning. Don't go back into the village. So this man done, he had to, don't go back into the village on your way home. He had to change his direction just solely because Jesus told him to. And who knows, maybe it's because of unbelief that was in that village. So thank you for joining me for this first portion of hindrances to healing and deliverance in the New Testament and um, what we can learn about it. Basically, the first two of these are very definitive. It is because of the lack of belief. And the third one, um, it's reading into it a little bit, but we see that that is how Jesus operated. He often took people away from doubters or sent doubters out so that he could perform a miracle. And it could be possible that this man had to be prayed for twice, not because of Jesus's lack of power, but because of the lack of belief in that village. I trust that this has been a blessing to you. Um, you know that the word of God works and faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. You can be sure that God will do what he said he would do. And there is not any kind that doesn't come out (laughs) through the power of God, through prayer and fasting, through believing in his word. You can be sure that healing is yours, that deliverance is yours already. All you have to do is believe. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. If this blessed you in any way, please share it. Um, Subscribe. Send it to a friend. Um, I hope this is an encouragement to you. God bless.